opposite. I'm hoping that you are going to feel inspired and you are going to think, you know what, I'm going to do it. Welcome to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. Join your host, Mark Slight, as he gets the best information, inspiration, help, and advice from the world's best athletes, performance coaches, and health experts so that you can look, move, and feel your best at 40 and beyond. Remember, it's never too late to live the life of your dreams. Now here's your host, Mark Slight. Hello and welcome to episode number seven of the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. A cheeky little bonus episode for you with coach Sharon Morrow. I've known Sharon for a little while now and she, she is a coach very local to me. And I've been watching Sharon all through the winter months, through the ice, the cold, the rain and the snow, training for this marathon. And then the good old British weather, a few days before the marathon, decided to change and it graced us with the hottest London marathon in history. So we're going to talk a lot about that. Sharon's going to tell us how she got involved with running the marathon, what spurred her on to do it, what kept her motivated during the marathon, why she cried and done a Facebook Live towards the end of the marathon, and ultimately what's going to get her coming back to do another marathon again. So I've just talked to Sharon for 20 minutes. I'm inspired to do a marathon, and I really, really hope that even if you're not inspired to do a marathon, maybe that's a big stretch, I'm hoping this inspires you to just just get up and do some running. Maybe you're still stuck on the couch for whatever reason. Maybe it be injury or you're overweight or you've got illnesses. Or maybe you're just struggling with motivation or that, that very first step. You know, if you can't get off the couch, then running a marathon is a huge deal. But maybe, maybe you can download like a coach a couch to 5k app and you could just start moving. Maybe just getting out and doing a walk around the lake, breaking into a jog every now and again. But I want this to inspire you and get you out and doing something active to get you moving a little bit more. And stay tuned after we've talked to Sharon, because we're going to come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the reason Sharon ran, the charity she was running for. As this is a bonus episode, I want to keep it quite short, and I just want to bring you into mine and Sharon's conversation, but do stick around for a minute or so after the chat with me and Sharon, because I'm just going to share some links, how you can connect with Sharon, how you can see a little bit more about the charity she's running for. And ultimately, if you do want to get up and you want to get a bit more active, maybe you want to just do a 5k, 10k, a marathon, half marathon, how you can connect with us and how we can help you to start your journey today. So here we go then. This is me and Northampton-based coach from New Dimension Fitness, Sharon Morrow. Hey Sharon, how are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? Wonderful, thank you. Now, I don't like to ask my guests too many questions, but I've got a big list of them in front of me today for you. Oh gosh, interrogation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm hoping this is as close as I come to doing a marathon, talking to you about it. Okay. It's one of them things I've always said I'll do in my life, um, but I've never got round to just yet. And yeah. I'm, kind, I'm kind of hoping, I'm quite easily led, you see, and I'm kind of hoping we don't get too involved and I don't get too carried away and then walk away from here and sign up for the marathon next year. Uh, okay, well, I'm hoping the opposite. I'm hoping that you are going to feel inspired and you are going to think, you know what, I'm going to do it. And I hope you are going to sign up at the end of this. I, do you know what? I probably will. And, um, and hopefully many others will as well, because it's a great thing to do. Yeah. So how, how long ago is it since you run your first London Marathon? Is it two or three weeks now? It was the 22nd of April. So I think it was, is that three weeks? Yeah, I think it was three weeks, maybe two weeks, three weeks. Yes. And this yeah. was your first London Marathon. Was it your first marathon ever? Yeah, first marathon ever. I'm not really a runner. So 
when I, I was kind of a bit like you saying you were inspired, I was always adamant I would never do a marathon. It didn't appeal to me. It was something I never wanted to do. I just thought it'd be awful and horrible. And then my friend did it um, two 2017 and I watched him and attract him and I, I was so inspired by him that I entered the ballot and I didn't get a place however but I did end up getting a charity place so yeah I took I was so excited when I got that invitation for the marathon and I trained hard and first marathon and blimey it was tough <laughs> <laughs> I imagine I mean we you was training throughout the winter and I've seen yeah. so many videos of you training in snow and ice and rain. And then the weather changed about a week before the marathon and you run on what was the hottest day of the year, didn't you? Yeah, it was hideous. It's turned out to be the hottest marathon in history in the UK, yeah. uh, the London marathon. And yeah, we trained, you know, we'd had all that snow. We'd have snow right up until March because um, I think we then we booked some events from January through to March time and we booked one for the 20th of March which was the Oakley 20 so this is kind of like your longest finishing distance before you're going to run the marathon and so be it the the snow came and it was cancelled so we were prepared anyway you know we'd been carb loading we were prepared to run so we me and two other girls we literally just went out that morning and ran 20 miles in the snow it was so grueling <clears throat> and we hit the wall about probably mile 17 because you're, you're kind of running in this braced state. So I was, my shoulders were up. I was just so, so tight and so, so tense the whole run. But yeah, yeah I got to the, hit the wall at mile 17. And I think the remaining three miles took me a lot. Well, I could have walked it quicker. <laughs> Literally took 48 minutes to do them, them remaining three miles. <laughs> wow. We, talking about the wall, um, I always, when I'm talking about weight loss, I always liken that to a marathon. There's generally perceived to be like an 18 mile wall in a full marathon that you get to um and you get to that point and there's there's no point turning back you know you've run 18 miles you've only got another yeah. 18 miles we'll just carry on i say the same with weight loss you get to a point if you're on like a six month journey you get to maybe four months the the motivation dips a little bit becomes a little bit tougher you're not losing quite the numbers you were to begin with did you hit an 18 mile wall when you was doing the full marathon as well or did it come a bit later for you it was a bit later and for me it was mile 23 so I don't know whether you saw my video at the time. I um, did. I wasn't going to bring it up on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you got it a bit was, emotional, didn't you? I got very emotional, yeah. Because I think from probably mile 19, it got really hot because it was probably 1pm at this time. So the temperature was higher. And we must have just hit this period where there was not much shade because I was trying to run in the shade a lot. So we'd got to this period where we were right in the sun. I'd got a cap on. I kept wetting my head. And then mile 20, I was desperate for the loo. So I went for the loo knowing that if I stopped, it would be hideous trying to run again, which it was. Um, but I left my water in the toilet. So mile 21, they, there was no water. Mile 22, I was so thirsty that I took the bottle and I gulped it down. And with the minute it hit my stomach, I thought, I'm going to be sick. I felt like, I don't know if you've ever had sunstroke kind of like you know when you think you've got to get out the sun right now that's how I felt and um, my friend who I was running with felt exactly the same she was really struggling so we made the decision we were going to walk for a bit and stride it out and I just felt if I'm honest disappointed with myself for stopping and feeling that way so I got really emotional and that's when I did that Facebook live and it turned out to be the best thing I did because my 
the messages of support that kept coming through on my watch was just immense. I mean, I was so overwhelmed. It was just insane. But for me, mile 23 was definitely the war. And, and all these messages, because obviously I was, I was at home and I could see people responding to your video. You was actually getting the messages then as you was running. Yes, because it was coming through on my watch, which was fab, because I could just feel the vibration, look at the watch and, you know, the messages of keep going, you're nearly there. I mean, I look back at it now and I think, goodness me, get a grip, I've got three miles left. But when you've done 23 and you're boiling hot and you're feeling ill and you're unsure of whether you're going to get to the end, you know, and, and sadly, as we know, Matt Campbell, um, you know, struggled. And I think he, his was the 22 and a half mile mark where he collapsed. So it was very very grueling when you're seeing people collapsing and getting medical attention your brain just messes with you you know can I do this I'm not going to be able to do this it's not in the plan to not do it so I think that's what made me get really emotional about it at that point yeah do you see a lot of that then when you're running you see a lot of other people struggling you see a lot of people getting getting emotional a lot of people crying and like you said a lot of people collapsing um, well, I'd never experienced that before because all the runs that we'd done, that Oakley 20 we'd planned to do was cancelled. We'd done one previous, which was in the January, sorry, the February, which was a 16 miler. That was the first run I'd ever done. So it was a different, I felt actually on that run, I felt, um, I felt like I wasn't in the right league because it was like loads of people had turned up who were runners. I'm not really a runner. You know, I'm very much a hit person. I like quick, instant cardio. So I went to the back of that line. I thought, I'm going to stay at the back and I'm going to run at the back. Whereas actually, as we went round, we were overtaking a lot of people. We kept our pace really consistent. So no, I'd never noticed in that at all. And then to go and do the marathon, you know, probably from mile six, every mile, somebody was going down. It was, it was awful. Wow. And how does that affect you? Because I remember years ago, I, t- I took part in a world record hockey match and it was over 25 hours consistently playing. And I, 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 was, I felt like I was breezing through it. Got to about eight or nine hours in. It was a really hard pace, but I felt really good. And mm. then someone, someone collapsed near me. And I, that kind of triggered me to think, actually, this is a bit tougher than what I thought it was. And even though I felt fine, seeing someone else ill and struggling, who I thought was equally as fit as me, then just flicks a switch in my head to say, hang on a minute, maybe you don't feel quite so well. Maybe you should slow down a little bit and take it a bit easier. Yeah, that's exactly what it does. It makes you question it all the time because I remember coming over Tower Bridge and turning right, I think you go onto the Isle of Dogs, you know, and you've got this one strip where you're running down and then the other runners are coming back up. They've already done their loop. So they're probably 45 minutes to an hour ahead of you. But, you know, one guy was at the side of the road just vomiting. There's another girl that's collapsed, a young girl. And actually, the, the, my colleague, my friend who I was running with, she's my client, but also my friend as well, very good friend, is a doctor. So it was her natural instinct to stop and want to help everybody. But I was like, look, they are receiving medical attention. <laughs> and you, you can't like split yourself in half, but you have got to focus on yourself as well. It's, it's a really tough call. It's, it messes with your brain. Yeah, I've, I've been races before where people have doubled back on you and you think to yourself, God, I'm going to look like that in 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And that, that's soul-destroying, really, what you say. Yeah, it is. It is. And actually, it did mess with me because all through that little strip, I kept thinking, when are we going to be on the bit where we, we're going up? When is that bit coming? And that was annoying me because it was playing on my mind and it was probably an eight-mile loop. And I kept thinking, when are we going to get back to there? When? And I started to not enjoy it as much because of that, because my brain was doing that. <laughs> so... I mean, I've never been to watch the London Marathon. You always see the support 
at the start. And I've done a lot of races where there's a lot of support at the start and there's a lot of support at the finish. There's not generally so much in between. Um, but these are smaller races, like local half marathons, that kind of thing. At London, is there support all the way around? All the way around, yeah. And um, my husband did it like probably 20 years ago. And he said, when you get to that Isle of Dogs, it's not very busy at all. It's quite soul destroying. And I kept thinking to myself, are we there yet? Because the support was immense. You know, there's people there. They want to give you high fives. There's kids there. There's people with treats like vegan treats. Because obviously runners are giving out jelly babies and stuff. Or, you know, the crowd's giving out jelly babies. But yeah, even for the vegans, there's things there. There's the crowd are absolutely amazing. I mean, you just can't fault them. And it's fantastic. And you know, when you get into a place that's quite um you know when you get into tower bridge or cutty sark because the the crowd just gets thicker and louder so it's very nice to have them um like place mark all their milestones but yeah. They, they, yeah fantastic the crowd are now i i run a race last weekend a short race only a 5k race and i made a mistake i i thought the finish line was closer than it was mm-hmm. so i sprinted to what i thought the finish line was and it wasn't it was about another 500 meters or so away and, <sighs> Had that been anywhere else on the track, I might have really slowed down or even stopped and walked a little bit. But I'd got to the point where all the crowd was and I felt like I can't walk or or stop. Yeah, I can't walk or stop now at this point because there's too many people around me. I'd always think London Marathon, I'd feel a little bit, not guilty, but I wouldn't want to stop and walk because there's there's people watching you all the time. In my head, I must feel, I must keep going, I must keep going, I must keep going. Does that play on your mind at all? It did a little bit, but, you know, I, I have to give it to the, the, the organisers of the London Marathon because they were so on it with that preparation, knowing the weather was going to be hotter. So we must have, up to a week before, we were getting emails saying, you know, please consider reducing your running time. Please don't try and go for a personal best. If you're running in an outfit, consider changing your costume if it's big and heavy. So, you know, you absolutely can't fault their organization and their advice. It was right up until the minute you got to the start line, they were very much advising you not to go for the personal best. So in that respect, I, when I did walk, I thought, you know what, it's not bad that we've walked from 23 miles and it was probably only half a mile we walked for. But um, yes, it does. It does plan you because people are shouting you and that it gets you emotionally, you know, because you've got your name on your top and people are going, come on, Sharon. They're going, come on, Liz. And I was choked with emotion because these people don't even know me. And then when you spot somebody, you know, oh, my God, it's like you've won the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised if the crowds are that big. I'm surprised to really spot people because I, I, I've never spied anyone in a race myself. Haven't you? No. Um, I, I, I get quite emotional anyway like you say it's, it is something just brings it out in you for some reason I tell you what's good though because Mike having that watch and having the the, the uh, iWatch thing one of my friends was tracking me and he sent me a message to say look you're very close to me I'm on the right so when I got to where he was like he gave me an estimation five minutes I'll be on the right I had an indication of you know where he'll be so that was really helpful the only downside of that is because the network gets clogged so you know, like my husband and my son who were wanting to see me at the end. Not a chance. You know, they couldn't even ring. Just everything's blocked. Wow. Going back a few minutes then to the costumes. Um, you, you obviously, when you watch it on the TV, the cameras pick out all the costumes. <laughs> yeah. is, is there really that many? Are you running past someone or near someone in a costume all the time? Or are they a bit uh, few and far between? Um I think because majority of people that do the costumes, if I'm right, 
are charity runners. So you've got your three start points. You've got your charity start point, you've got your um, ballot, and then you've got other. So you kind of have groups of them, you know, but you will see, you will see some, um, some costumes and some, I think you actually see more on the telly because thinking about the ones that I remember, I can probably only remember about five. There must've been more that I'd seen. But certainly where we were running in the charity bit, there was lots of people dressed up. And the one that I really remember the most was Jesus. Somebody ran barefoot as Jesus. It was insane. He'd got the big crucifix on his back, but he was so focused. The crowd loved him. It was great to run beside him because the crowd went absolutely mental for him. And I could have stayed with him forever, but we were a little bit quicker on our running speed. But he was very focused, you know, looking at the floor. He didn't acknowledge anybody. So he must have been so in the zone. (laughs) <laughs> they must you said about it just now with the with the weather i'm guessing a few people probably changed their costumes or decided to bin it totally but there is some ridiculous costumes some really big heavy costumes and, yeah. and when i watch them on the telly they say oh this this guy is dressed as like a t-rex or he's dressed yeah. as a huge fridge freezer and it weighs yeah. like an extra 40 kilos and he, he's coming at like three and a half hours yeah, and i think that's that's, that's galling because that's quicker than i could run in shorts and a vest uh, i know in the you know the guy with the smeg on his back you know not only is he carrying it but he's bent forward as well i I genuinely don't know how he does that um there was i remember seeing i think they were running for they were running for a charity definitely but they'd got bear onesies on i'm thinking gosh like a onesie and the big bear head i don't know how they did that they did finish it because i actually saw their finisher photo funnily enough wow you just imagine how hot that must have been for them especially on a day like that honestly you'd have to have walked that because it was insane. I was wearing a vest and I was boiling. <laughs> did you, on a more technical level then, did you do anything about your water intake? Was you taking electrolyte supplements on your way round or anything? No. Um, the only th- I was drinking water and they gave water out, I believe, at every, every mile from mile three, uh, which was terrible for the people at the back because I believe they ran out on them early stations. Yeah. However, I was really strict with my gels so I guess, you know, they've, they're sugar-based, aren't they? And they've, you know, they're performance-enhanced and stuff like that to help you keep fueling. So I was very strict with mile four, mile eight. I did it every four miles. And that one I took at mile 20 just didn't sit quite right. I was like, oof, really? And that's kind of when I hit the wall at that 23. And actually, when I look back at that video, it looks like I'm chewing gum, but I'd saved this gel that was a bit like, it was like the inside of a galaxy egg it was really it was like nutella so it was really chompy and really claggy but yeah i think from mile 20 it's just overload you know i'm not used to eating that kind of i'm not you know i'm very much a high fat protein low carb kind of person so taking on that sugar quantity yeah it, it messed my stomach a bit it does it does with me i i, I re- that's the one thing i worry about with the longer distance is things like that because i can't take the gels I yeah, just, I physically, I just can't eat them. They're, they're vile. Um, but I know you need to have something, and it's trying to get that balance. And my gut, I know, won't sit. It won't sit well in my gut. I know that. And try to try to get that right will probably be the hardest thing. Uh, I'll tell you what. I would probably try again um, because the gels. When I trained, actually, I didn't really use many. Uh, you know, I certainly wasn't overloading on them. I'd try and, and I suppose I was feeling more fatigue from that. But I was really strict in the marathon that I was going to take them every four miles. Um, but they, I've discovered they do like these peanut butter sachets. So I was <laughs> using sounds, them a lot. I, they were great. They, the only thing is though, peanut butter, can you imagine trying to eat that when you're thirsty? It's just, <laughs> it just takes you a little while. It's not like the gel, you can just swallow it. But I liked them. 
Yeah, and I'd probably consider fueling on them again. Yeah, I'll have to keep an eye out for them. So would you, would you do it again? <laughs> Good question. Asking me now, yes, definitely. I would because I feel I've got that unfinished business with mile 23. If you'd have asked me immediately afterwards, I think I'd have said no because it was so, it, physically, it wasn't as hard as mentally. It was the mental exhaustion of, yeah, keeping yourself going and telling yourself, you know, like needing the toilet at mile 23, am I going to be able to wait to the end? No, because six hours is going to be another hour. So, sorry, six miles is going to be another hour. So, because I was running 10 minute miles. So at the time, no, but actually after the euphoria of it, yeah, I would. Definitely. That's the, that's the Steve Redgrave situation, isn't it? Don't, don't get me near a boat again. <laughs> Three weeks later, he signed up to do another Olympics. Yeah. Oh, I'm in a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that probably is the same for most people. They probably, most people probably cross the line and say, I'm never doing that again. And then, and then it hits them and they sign up straight away. So yeah. And I think running a costume though. Uh, Mm, no I don't think I would you know I just, just don't want anything that's going to irritate me because my outfit was it was very hard you know I was knew it was going to be hot so I was running I did one run in a pair of shorts and it just chafed me so you know you want to be running in something that's comfortable that you know that isn't going to irritate you for I was, I was I was running for well four hours 55 was my finish time something that's not going to irritate you for five hours yeah. so I'd definitely do it for charity because that was you know I, that's that gave me the purpose and gave me the motivation to finish. But as for wearing a costume, oh geez, it would have to be something little. <laughs> I wasn't going to ask you your time either. I think that's a little bit like asking a lady her age. So I was just, I, was, I thought I'd leave it to you if you wanted to mention that. Was you happy with your time? In all honesty, at the time when we finished, no, I wasn't because I'd, I was so adamant we were going to do 10 minute miles despite all the emails of please slow down. Don't go for a personal best. And because our running, um, you know, if I look at the splits, we actually got quicker at 30 K the split was quicker than at 15 K. <clears throat> so we managed to keep this consistent 10 minute mile speed. And at one point just by tower bridge, we caught up with the four hour pacemakers. So I was hopeful of, Oh my gosh, we could actually finish it in four fifteen. I was really aiming for four and a half. And then obviously getting the 4.55, I was disappointed initially, if I'm honest. But looking at it now, no, because of the weather, because of when I see what other people got, I was like, oh, oh, I beat them. So I can't, you know, it's that comparison, isn't it, of actually it's not as bad as what I thought. No. And then you're like me, you're not a runner, naturally. So I always think just whatever I do is, is, is good enough for me at the minute. Obviously, you'd always want to do better, but as, as a person who doesn't run, I'm just yeah. generally happy with, with most times that I post. So. Yeah. And actually, when I look back at the photos, all the finisher photos, or, you know, they've taken snaps around the course, it actually looks like I'm walking. <laughs> I was like, no, genuinely, I was running. Yeah. I, I don't tend to take very good in-race pictures. <laughs> I always look like I'm struggling more than what I am. <laughs> so what would you say to anyone who's thinking about signing up then? What would be your advice to someone, particularly if they've never done a marathon before? Um, definitely to just go ahead and do it and then worry about it afterwards because <laughs> you know if I look at the girls who were on our team you know there was a lot of them that were injured and did get round so I think it's always a bigger fear than what you actually think it is you know it's the bigger it's definitely a big challenge and you do need to prepare for it but it is achievable because you know what's the worst thing that could happen 
worst thing that could happen is that you have to walk. You know, we all know that we can walk unless you're injured and you've fallen and you've tripped and you are in, you know, you've injured yourself. Mm. But you know, if like one of the girls who I follow on Instagram, she'd done, she, her time was amazing. Three hours, 30, she ran walk, you know, she did like fart lurking. So, you know, I'd I'd definitely say do it as long as you train for it, you'll be much more prepared and consider how you recover after your long runs of training, because that was for me, the most important part of my training was the recovery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was just... Yeah, you know, it was magnesium salt baths, roller in, and touch wood, I just had one little niggle that I saw the physio with, and that was it. So thanks very much for that, Sharon. That's um, a great bit of advice for anyone who's wanting to take on the marathon. You're welcome. Hopefully, um, hopefully it's inspired many people to do it. And I think just, just getting up and doing it, and there's never, it's like losing weight, there's never a right time to start. You just have to take that first step, and you just have to... You have to take the jump sometimes and, you know, build the parachute on the way down. So sign up, get training. You've got a year to do it. Exactly. And that's what it is. You know, do it now, sign up, then worry about it later. Just get it, get it done, get it in a diary because it gives you a purpose. It gives you a reason to go out and train. Yeah. So what are you thinking next year then? What, what, what are you thinking? What marathon? Manchester? <laughs> Brighton. Uh, maybe. Brighton have spaces. Do they? I, I dodge- yes. My hometown marathon, Milton Keynes, was on last weekend, and I, I dodged that. I just went for the 5K one. But, uh, that again, that was the hottest day of the year as well. That topped your marathon day, so I wouldn't have lied to have done it. Like I did. Um, maybe a winter one might be better. I think I might prefer that. Are you sure? Yeah, I Are think so. Do I, don't, I don't do hot weather very well, so I think a winter one would suit me better. Are you going to do it? Because I just would really recommend you to just to experience it, if anything. Stay, stay tuned, stay, uh, <laughs> stay connected and keep an eye on my social media. You'll see. I absolutely will. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be there stalking you. Yeah, it, it will happen one day. I know it will. So, yes. Thank you again, Sharon. We'll speak again. You're very welcome. Take care. All right, and you. Bye-bye. What a fantastic chat that was. I love talking about the marathon. I can't give a lot of information myself because I've never actually run one. But that, that has truly inspired me. I don't think I could do a London marathon in that heat, but actually doing a winter marathon for me could work really well. And I'm going to go straight away from this and I'm going to look at marathons that I could do in the coming months. As it's always been something that I said I'd do and I've just, I've never got around to doing it. And I think the time of putting it off has come and gone now. And as I'm approaching 40, I think now is the time to, to get out and maybe look at some more half marathons and build it up to a marathon itself. So check out the show notes, guys. There's links there to me and Sharon. If you want to get a little bit involved, if you want to start running yourself, connect with either one of us and we'll we'll help you and show you the easiest way to get started. And please, if you have an extra few minutes, please go into iTunes. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It's really going to help us in the future to grow the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode, guys. Take care, be happy, and I'll see you again for episode eight in a few days' time.